there. You are listening to the Quarter to Three Games Podcast. My name is Tom Chick. And I'm Jason McMaster. And, and Wade. Um... You do it. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm terrible at this. Uh, take two. Here we go. I'm going to do take two. My name is Tom Chick. I am Jason McMaster. And this is Wade Richard. Now, Wade, you mispronounced your last name. Uh, your last name looks to me like it's Richard. Well, it does, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, family comes from Louisiana, so uh, so that's uh, that accounts for the off-kilter pronunciation. Uh, Wade, I love that about you. When I was at summer camp, there was a guy named Brian Herbert. Uh, <laughs> and all the girls loved Brian Herbert. He was this like, like little snotty blonde-haired kid. And I'm convinced that all the girls loved him because he somehow got it in his head that his last name was pronounced A-Bear. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure A Bear doesn't have a, a second, a first. Uh, it only has one R in it. You sound. You sounds like you're on Brian Herbert's side. <laughs> well, I only mention it because I in in high school I did have a, a coach whose name was Herbert, and I was forever confused that it wasn't A Bear. <laughs> so you're saying because in in my memory this is just a kid named Brian Herbert who pronounced it A Bear, but you're saying that actually it would have. Sp- looked like hebert right yeah yeah that's just as dorky uh and i think he has no business running around calling himself brian a bear just so that the girls are are constantly chasing him around at summer camp uh but you know what wade uh i approve that you're from louisiana i'm from arkansas uh jason mcmaster is from uh north dakota so we are all from rural areas (laughs) uh all right so uh let's talk a bit about Houston. Is anyone here? You know, before we talk about Houston, McMaster, what did you do last night? I went to see the Pixies live. (laughs) All right, so let's quick go around the table. The number of times each of us has seen the Pixies live. McMaster, you're at two. Is that right? Yes. I am at one. Wade Richard, how many times have you seen the Pixies live? Uh, that would be zero. Yes, sweet. I do not come in last place this week. <laughs> uh, Wade Richard, what do you have against bands of the uh, what, what, 80s? Like, when were they around? Uh, I guess that's about right. Wade Richard, why do you why have you not seen the Pixies live? Uh, I don't know if this is a travesty or not, but I'm not terribly familiar with the Pixies. Ah, good. You know what? I think that's fine. What's the last time you saw a live band? Oh, dear. Uh, that's going to stretch a little bit. Like uh, any any live band or any kind of live singer or an actual concert type. You know, a concert type, like something where you're like, I like these guys' music so much that I'm going to go out and pay seventy dollars and stand around for three hours with a bunch of sweaty people and drink overpriced alcohol and uh, have my ears ringing for two days afterwards. Oh dear, Uh, it's been a while. I know I caught Queensrÿche a couple of times back in the nineties. Whoa, whoa, all right. Uh, so I don't want to give away too much, but there's a, a game out right now that I've been playing called Saints Row 3. They have various radio stations when you're driving around in your car. Whenever I get in a car that has the heavy metal radio station on, I change the channel. What do you think of that, Wade Richard? That's <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> right. If you're playing Saints Row 3 and you get in a car that has like the 80s channel playing, you can change it and then we'll be even. 
No, I'm cool with 80s, too. All right, so, uh, Wade, you actually went to see Queensryche live, right? You actually went out and you saw them play. Uh, yeah, a couple times, actually, yeah. Did you drag Mrs. Wade Richard with you? Uh, I did not, because uh, she, she's not really into that. She She's a bit of country, I'm a bit of progressive metal, so... <laughs> Well, if you if you need a date, Wade, I think Jason uh, T. McMaster would go with you. Oh, I might. For Queensryche, no, McMaster, you're uh, down. Hush now, don't you cry, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's a Queensryche song. I'm not hip enough to know that's, what that is. But. Yeah, that was uh, silent lucidity. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, all right, well, mister, I've seen the Pixies twice. Uh, how did they sound last night? Oh, they were really good. Um it was pretty cool uh, because they, you know, they came out. They did four B sides. They did like Manta Ray. Um, they did Weird in My School. I don't remember what was third. They did Dancing the Manta Ray, and then they did Doolittle, like track for track. Um, and they, you know, they started the show off with like uh, the Andalusian dogs footage and everything, and they had actually a pretty cool video show behind them this time as well. Um, I uh, am linking some pictures in the forum uh, to my Picasso account because I took a bunch of pictures last night. Now, McMaster, who was your date? Um, my uh, delightful wife, Sarah. Right. Good. Well, uh, if next time she doesn't want to go, I just want you to know I'm I'm probably not busy that night. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> actually, it was cool as the uh, you would have really liked uh, the encore because you know I mean of course they did Doolittle but. The first encore they did Into the White, which was awesome. Uh, they like pumped the stage full of uh, smoke, um, and then yeah, the whole song was just like completely like watching a very well lit cloud. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then they came and they did some Come on Pilgrim stuff like Nimrod's Son and a few of the uh, I don't want to butcher them, but a few of the Spanish titled songs. So it was uh, it was interesting. Oh, they uh, I think they clo- if I remember it was gigantic they closed with, which was cool. Gigantic's great. Well, uh, I'm sure it was no Queensryche. What do you think of that? <laughs> You're right. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, all right, Wade. Uh, so let's go around the table. Wade, how many times have you seen Queensryche? Uh, two. McMaster, how many times have you seen Queensryche? Zippo. Huh. Maybe I've seen them once. What do you think of that? Oh, I oh. actually I haven't. I just wanted to. You know what? I'm, I just wanted to not be in last place for this one as well. So. I I, uh, I saw Nirvana. No, don't even don't even lie about that. That's no, just, I did. That's the just open for That's crossing the line. It was the Breeders and Nirvana, so that was hmm. a pretty good show. That's cool. I saw Foo Fighters oh. right after it became Dave Grohl's main band. Uh, <laughs> I saw Nirvana right before that. <laughs> I saw him like uh, one of their last stops on the uh, Heart Shaped Box tour, and he killed himself like three weeks later. Oof. I saw yeah. uh, I, I saw Bush. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do tell. The brief silence after that was perfect. You know, it occurs to me, Bush is what Nirvana would be like if they had sold out. If they had stuck around long enough to sell out, if Kurt Cobain hadn't killed himself, they would uh, that they would sound like what Bush sounds like. <laughs> Man, that's that's totally everything's in and everything, you know. <laughs> uh, and Bush has a new album that Trigger Cut did not endorse. Uh, he instead recommended oh. <laughs> that you listen to the Bangles. No lie. 
Uh, oh dear. <laughs> oh man. You know, I mean, to make you feel better though, I did see Blues Traveler once, but in my defense, it was before they were popular and it was at a college festival. But I did see them. The things you did in college, Jason T. McMaster, maybe we shouldn't get into. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we probably shouldn't. Uh, Wade, you, by the way, we should let folks know you are on the forum, if I'm not mistaken, as, is it Wade42? Uh, correct. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna deduce from that that you are either a king in a long dynasty or a fan of uh, Douglas Adams. Uh, be the second one. And tell us what is the significance of the number forty-two? It is the answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. And where is your towel? You know, I seem to have lost my towel, which is a great faux pas. <laughs> it really is. It should be wrapped around your head. Uh, wait, did you see the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Universe uh, movie? Uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie? Yes. Uh, I assume you mean the recent movie. Uh, most and, F. And not the, yeah, with Most F and Zooey DeShaniel and uh, I forget who else. And not the uh, BBC. But yes, I did see that. That is correct. That is what I was going for, and I see that I couldn't throw you off by getting the title wrong. Well played. I've seen them both. Uh, I've, uh, yeah, they're both long. Well, no, I mean, actually, the one movie of most deaf, it's it just it, feels long. Exactly. Very good. <laughs> no, know. you know, I really like most deaf. I, I think he did a man yeah, a pretty good job in that movie. I like the people in that movie. It's just kind of eh. I, 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 I went in with with very low expectations, and so I wasn't terribly. Uh, I, I, I found it okay. Well, Wait, I mean, the, the Slardy Bartfast parts are cool. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's hard to argue with them making the world and, like, flying around over it and all the moments. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> uh, Wade, what is better, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or Attack of the Clones? Oh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by a long shot. All right, what is better, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or this afternoon's episode of The View? Uh, I wouldn't touch the view with the 10-foot pole, so obvious answer there. <laughs> okay, good. So we have now triangulated uh, how you feel about the movie. <laughs> uh, Wade, you have a cat in the room, is that correct? Uh, somewhere. he's Yes, there he is. Okay, let's all do a cat check. So, Wade, yours is in the room. Mine is right here, sleeping in a box. McMaster, give us a cat check. Uh, I have five, but they're locked out of this room because I want to have cables left. Oh, will they, I, will they eat the cables? Oh, my God. Yeah, well, see, having five cats, you got all the cable chewing covered. Like, I've got one that likes thin cables, one that likes really thick cables, one that likes power cables, and one that likes monitor cables. So I spend a lot of money on cables. <laughs> so they're not allowed in that room, is that correct? No, especially my cat, Floyd, because, like, uh, yeah. I buy a lot of, like, razor stuff because, I, I don't know, I like I like their cables. Mm -hmm. And uh, he recently uh, managed to bite through one, so I was like, all right, fine. You lost cable privileges through this room. Wait, have your cats destroyed things like that? Uh, not so much. He's, he's pretty good about not destroying stuff. I only have the one cat, but uh, he has not destroyed anything per se. He likes to chew on plastic, but it's like... Uh, oh, yeah, I got one that does that. Yeah, it's like any, if we, any kind of plastic or cellophane that he might find that's... Uh, that, that's getting chewed on. So here's a popular fixture in my house are the plastic tops of water bottles. Oh, uh, yeah. 
so you guys might want to feed those to your cats, see if they enjoy those as much as my cat uh, enjoys them. Uh, uh, anything they can bat around, yeah. 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 Uh, I have an assortment of small dinosaurs that my cat is quite fond of, little small plastic <laughs> dinosaurs. They're like those little army men. Uh, my cat is fond of attacking them. I'm using them to train him to attack dinosaurs if that's ever a, a, a dino, if there's ever a dinosaur outbreak in Los Angeles. I will be using my cat to help contain it. <laughs> Hopefully the dinosaurs will be very small, though. Uh, if they're any yes. larger than an inch high, uh, there might be issues. There might be. But, you, I mean, you don't know. He could rise to the challenge. That's true. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a, he's a he's a bruiser. He's not he's not frightened of things. Oh, yeah. uh, Wade, what is your cat's name? His name is Ritz. Considering that you have, uh, by my notes here, a ten year old, a six year old, and another six year old in your house, uh, it could have been far worse. You could have had a name, a cat with a far worse name. Uh, I like Ritz. That's good. Like R I T Z. Like putting on the. Uh, yes, and, and the way he got that name is that that was the name that he had at the shelter we got him from. And ah, he came was, pre-named, right, right. He came pre-named, and so we thought, well, it's just the name they gave him at the shelter. We don't have to keep it. And so we asked my daughter, who was maybe six at the time, okay, well, and, and you know, she's calling him Ritz because that's the name on the piece of paper. And it's like, okay, well, if you could think of any name you want to give this cat at all anything at all what would you name uh, uh wade you're setting yourself up for a a, 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 a cat's life of embarrassment when you do that uh i don't know if it's like this in your house but in my house the cat gets called any number of things <laughs> oh yes yes, yes. yes uh, so which she, are not ritz <laughs> but she she picked ritz she said let's stick with ritz right uh yes good all right i like that now what is then the daughter's name if i may ask uh, the daughter's name is Madeline. I like that. I like that very much. Okay. What is the oldest six-year-old's name? Nicholas. Good. And what is the younger six-year-old's name? Max. Very nice. I approve of all of them. McMaster, where do you where do you fall in on Madeline, Nicholas, and Max? Oh, strong names. Okay. Good. Uh, how does Madeline feel about having two annoying younger brothers? Uh, actually, she's usually the one who whips them into a frenzy. So. <laughs> She uses them as a tool of destruction. Is it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They are they are her minions. <laughs> yes, I mean it's 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 sort of on and off again. I'm not saying there's never any quarreling, but uh, but yeah. Uh, now you have confessed to me earlier that you have a Wii in your house. Yes. Uh, you do not have a, th- a connect on your 360. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's good there. That's for your hardcore gaming needs. Uh, what is in heavy rotation on the Wii these days? Uh, the Wii, uh, I have not touched other than multiplayer with the kids. Uh, it's mostly the, for the kids at the moment, and I think the last time I saw them, they've been playing a lot of the, we have several of the Raving Rabbids games. Ah. Uh, and so they've been playing a lot of that. Um, and for that, uh, Smash Brothers was in heavy rotation. Oh, yes. That's, there's a lot of violence in that game. A lot of people punching each other. Lots of fuzzy little dinosaurs fake punching each other and Mario getting kicked in the teeth and, yes, using guns. Who is the character you hate the most in Super Smash Bros.? To play as or to play against? Both. Both. Uh, mm, It's toughy. To play against... um, well, I will say that that uh, at least uh, one of my sons is very fond of choosing uh, Solid Snake. Mm. 
And when there's a, I don't know how much, how much Smash Brothers you've played, but every now and then there's a, a power up comes out, and if whoever gets to destroy this power up first can deploy a, you know, a devastating special move. And it's Snake's, like it's like your ultimate. You yes, say your ultimate. Yeah, so Snake's sure. ultimate is what is to, is to, tell he, them, is to he, make you sit through an incomprehensible cutscene. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> To smoke. <laughs> Damn near. Uh, well, well, Snake actually leaves. He comes. Uh, it's like he gets on a helicopter, and he's untouchable by the rest of the players. And he gets a crosshair, to which he gets to lob high explosives onto the play field for a good, you know, solid 10, 20 seconds. <laughs> it's suddenly, it's like you are one of the uh, targets in a, sh- in a shooting game on rails, and your son is playing with the light gun. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, and and so that that's <laughs> that's that, that's a, a kind of frustrating to play against, uh, especially since when we play we have handy. Uh, one one good thing about Smash Brothers is it has an, an auto handicapping feature, mm-hmm. so that you know if you do really well then you start with more damage um, on your on your on your life bar, mm-hmm. um, and, and so I'm I'm usually starting off with. You know, very very high damage. So in any one little hit will send me flying. So, uh. <laughs> so wait, you're, you're, it sounds like you're boasting. Like you're saying you're really good at Super Smash Brothers. Well, it's not really boasting when you're playing against the ten year old and two six year olds. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, McMaster, who's the worst character in Super Smash Brothers? Hmm. You know, I don't know. I haven't actually played the new one that much. Like I used to hate playing against Link. Because he's a huge pain in the ass with that spin. So I'm going to go with Link. And plus, uh, who wants to beat up on Link, right? Poor guy. Oh, yeah. He's got it. All right. I'm going to suggest that Mario is the worst character because I can't stand that little guy. That's that's my pick. Uh, They just, uh, Nintendo just released what is, by all accounts, a really good game uh, called. Oh, rats. I'm going to say. Hey, it's the world of Mario in 3D, or something like that. Uh, it's on the Nintendo 3DS, uh, and I've played a little bit of it, and it seems awesome. But man, I just can't get over. I think I need help with this. I just can't. I, I can't stomach that little guy. He's so. In, he's gotten increasingly annoying to me over the years. Am I alone in this? Can you guys actually play a game with Mario chirping things at you in a vaguely Italian accent? Yeah, you know, I haven't really played Mario games in a while. I mean, I guess it doesn't really bother me, but uh, all right. But yeah, he does talk a lot. Yeah, I've, I've since about Mario sixty four, I've about had my fill of Mario games in general. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wade, you should show your uh, you should show Madeline, uh, Nicholas, and Max a little House of the Dead Overkill. That's a great game. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great game. It's so kid appropriate. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Uh, will you play in your house uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword? Is that something that will happen in the Wade Richard household? Uh, eventually, yes. All right. Uh, it comes, by the way, with a little concert disc, I believe. So you can, uh, instead of going to see Queen Strike, you can just put that on and present, pretend that you've gone out to see some live music. There you go. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's get a, into a little format this week, McMaster. What what oh. kind of format should we use? Oompa! We should. <laughs> we'll, let's start with news. How about that? News. I like that. News. Good. All right. Who wants uh, to go first? You know what? Oh, oh, pick me, me, me. All right, me. you. 
All right, my news of the week is uh, is the the Steam forums getting hacksawed. Uh, oh, hacksawing! It's like everybody's doing it. Everybody, everybody's got to get like hacked and have account names stolen and uh steam just basically said that yes we lost account names we lost uh i think encrypted credit card numbers and passwords uh like they they came forward and they they sort of dished that uh sure enough all of that stuff got got taken out uh i'm really excited about that (laughs) because what it makes you more likely to get free dota 2 access it makes me more likely to have to change my credit card number again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really tired of that. Uh, Wade, are you on Steam? Does this affect you at all? Uh, actually, right before the podcast, I went into my Steam account and removed the credit card that was linked to it. Yeah, how about that? Uh, do That's you participate probably... in the Steam forums? Uh, I do not. Okay. I don't either, so it's, yeah. Yeah, they can hack that stuff all they want. I don't care about that. Uh, I might have an account, though. Oh, you mean a forum account? Don't you have an account? You have to register separately with that, uh, right? You don't just log in. You have to register separately with, like, everything with those guys. Like, your support, you have to make a separate account for, yeah, so it's like, whatever. Uh, All right, so uh, if you've got a Steam account, change your password. Uh, Protect your credit card. Um, There you go. Protect your neck. And your neck. Watch your neck, too. So, uh, All right, so, uh, Wade, what's the last thing you bought on Steam? Uh, let's see. Last thing I bought does activating the Humble Bundle count. Oh, no, 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 no. I just bought uh, Deaths of Peril when it was on sale. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on a second. Are you telling me that up until recently you did not even have Depths of Peril? Hell's Correct. Correct. So yeah, it's, Master, we're gonna we're gonna educate you on this in, in a minute. But hold on. Uh, so does that mean you do or do not have Din's Curse? Uh, I don't. Oh my! You do not. Okay. Well, you know what? That's a good that's a good way to, to tackle it. Way to start with a little depths of peril and then work your way up to Din's Curse because once you get to Din's Curse, I think it's gonna be hard to go back to depths of peril. Uh, McMaster, when you say what what is that? It is only one of the finest action RPGs that you can play. Uh, it is uh, it's like Diablo, but with a, a great indie game sort of tweak to it. Um, Din's or Depths of Peril, and Wade, correct me if I'm wrong on this because I, mm-hmm. I think I confuse them. Depths of Peril is the one where you have your one little character and you go out and you explore dungeons, of course, uh, and you gather loot and kill monsters and all that stuff. But the twist is that in your little town hub, there are three other basically clans that also send heroes out to explore the dungeons and you can either compete with or cooperate with the other clans there's like a mm-hmm. diplomatic sub game uh, they can attack you in town so it's like Diablo but with multiplayer kind of uh, politicking going on uh, does that sound about right Wade? yeah because now, now Din's Curse goes is very different. Din's Curse is a is again it's like Diablo, but the idea is that the dungeon will actively change and evolve and get progressively stronger while you're playing, and that if you don't carefully manage the quests and what you're doing, uh, the monsters can come out of the dungeon and actually attack your city. Uh, there's a there's much more of a sense of give and take with the dungeon uh, in Din's Curse. Um, so those are both games by a, a, a little indie studio called Soldak um, that I heartily recommend. And Wade, good on you for picking up Depths of Pearl. Have you spent much time with it? 
Uh, I've played through about uh, one one go round with a character so far. So, what kind of character are you playing? Uh, I start off with the fighter, which uh, I don't know. I may need to change it up because it's a little straightforward. The fighters uh, are yeah. That's kind of like the easy no brainer choice. That's uh, yeah. That's the safe yeah. choice. Well, I figured just getting into it, uh, I, I still haven't figured out all, all the uh, diplomatic options and such, so I figured it's a good way to get started. Uh, good, good. Uh, McMaster, uh, you you should pick one of those up. They're great RPGs. Right. I can do that. All right. I mean, uh, you know, Skyrim in like a few hours, but still, yes, I guess I could. What's what's Skyrim? Is that, is that that Zelda game? Yeah, yeah, Skyrim Sword. <laughs> Skyrim Sword, yes. <laughs> uh, McMaster, what's the last thing you bought on Steam? Jeez, what is the last thing I bought on Steam? Um, or activated or downloaded or added to. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think the last thing I bought on Steam was that Halloween thing, Hell's something. You oh. have it, too, that no, weird yeah, show-up we game. I, I got the name. I, I practiced, I think. I think I have the name right. It is called The Haunted Hell's Reach. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of that, McMaster? I'm assuming that's uh, game of the week. No. I played it for a few minutes. I, I haven't had a lot of time with it, so I, I just kind of mess with it. Uh, I'd like to see what it's like in multiplayer. I was kind of more expecting something like Killing Floor or yeah. like a Horde mode, you know, and it kind of like had like a lot of rules it was yelling at me and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like, go do this, and I was, I'm just trying to survive. So, uh, so I, I don't like that a lot, and I feel bad when uh, – so the yeah. Haunted Hell's Reach was a group of folks who were working with the Make Something Unreal modding contest for the Unreal Engine. Uh, this was their entry into the contest, and uh, however it happened, THQ picked it up to publish it as a, a retail product. I think it's like a $20 downloadable game, um, yeah. and it feels like a mod. Like It definitely has the feel of – Something that was made, uh, it just, it has, and I don't necessarily mean this in a bad way, more a descriptive way, but it has a very amateurish feel to it. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I can I absolutely see that. It looks like a generation behind or something. Exactly, exactly. And as far as the gameplay, McMaster, I don't, I'm afraid, I'm afraid I'm going to have to say this, and I don't feel good about it. I don't think there's much there. Uh, all, the, all the stuff that it's yelling at you, it comes down to two things. You've got two bars one of which is draining, the other of which is filling up. The bar that's draining is the number of bad guys in the level. As you kill them, the bar empties out, and then you beat the level, and a new one gets stocked. However, as you're playing, you've got three weapons, a pistol, a shotgun, and a, a, a automatic rifle. As you kill things, a bar builds up, and then when that fills up, a monster drops a power-up. And depending on whichever weapon you have equipped, when you pick up that power-up, it incrementally improves that weapon. So your automatic rifle will fire faster. Your shotgun will become a double-barrel shotgun. And uh, it's just a matter of making the monsters deplete so that you can farm them for the power-up, and then you get the more powerful weapon. You go through enough waves, and then you get a terrible boss fight. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I don't, uh, you know, McMaster, move on. Yeah, I, I only played it maybe like 15 minutes, and I wasn't horribly impressed. So. Yeah. All right. Wait, so that – oh, yeah, okay, that, that was not our game of the week. That was our non-game of the week uh, feature. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. That's what we have risked our password and our credit card info to get. Yes. So, uh, so there's my news story. Steam is hacked. Uh, so, oh, actually, wait, wait. So you can get Death's Apparel on Steam? I'm so out of touch with this. 
yes, but not Den's Curse. Oh, that's so weird. That is so freaking weird. Uh, let's kvetch. While we're here dinging Steam, uh, you know, they're down. They've been hacked. Let's kick them a little bit. Uh, as much as I love Steam, I can't believe they don't have Din's Curse, and I cannot freaking believe that Vic Davis's uh, Armageddon Empires, which is a fantastic, fantastic single-player strategy game, was rejected by Steam. What is up with that? I don't know. <laughs> McMaster, will you will you, next time you're hanging out with Gabe Newell, will you talk to him? Oh yeah, yeah. All right, me, yeah, me and Gabe are tight. <laughs> uh, uh, I just recently read something about uh, space pirates and zombies that they had a hard time getting onto Steam. They let's see, because I talked to those guys for a while and uh, on a podcast and. Uh, I think it's not so much that they had a. If I recall correctly, it's just they didn't know whether or not they were going to get accepted and out of the blue they got accepted uh, and it just made a huge difference for them I mean Steve, Steam uh, which I sometimes call Steve uh, is such a make or break proposition for a little indie game like if you can get on Steve or Steam uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't say things like you can get on Steam <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand how you could possibly misconstrue that McMaster oh sorry <laughs> That's just me. I also want to say, McMaster, that was about the most delightful giggle I have heard uh, in, in quite a few days. Um, so, if, so if you're getting something on Steve, would that be like on an iOS thing? Very good. <laughs> Steve, right. Uh, yeah, I, it, so if you can get on Steam, it's a huge asset for a little indie game, and I think the Space Pirates and Zombies guys were just so grateful for what a difference that made for them. Oh, wait, do you have your copy of Space Pirates and Zombies? Uh, I do. Good. Good on you. McMaster, what about you? Uh, no. Huh. Interesting. So you're the one guy in this podcast who doesn't have his copy of Space Pirates and Zombies. Well, how about that? I have a copy of Crusaders Kings 2 now, though. Yeah, but it's a beta. I, I so uh, Wade, do you know what Crusader Kings 2 is, and are you into those kind of games? Uh, no, and if it's... Uh, I, only, I only do, like, light strategy kind of games. Okay, yeah, so. you, you'll want to steer clear of this. This is the opposite of light. Uh, I so, haven't, ha- like, played it yet. Uh, I just got it. What kills me about that, that, McMaster, is when you're playing a beta of a Paradox game, that's like playing an alpha of a non-Paradox game. I mean, the, the fact that they, they're still working on the AI, they haven't put in all of the events, uh, I'm really tempted to give it a look, but I'm also tempted to just let it wait and sort of stew and be worked on a little bit longer. Um, but I want you to be the guinea pig, McMaster. Jump in there and let me know how it feels. Yeah, I, t- I totally want to get this game when it comes out and just organize one giant sissy slap fight between me, you, and Troy, and Bruce, and anyone that'll play. Now, you say that, McMaster, but have you ever tried to play a Paradox game, especially one of their real-time things, uh, in multiplayer? I've never tried that, no. It is quite an undertaking, and I, I don't mean that as praise. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the thing that blows my mind is it's like 32 player under like multiplayer. It says, "Wow, yeah, who who is setting up <laughs> 32 player paradox multiplayer game?" So this is like an RTS. No, no. So wait, oh, no. this is a, this is an epic historical strategy game that plays like uh that has like spreadsheets galore. It plays in real time in that 
not a day for day real time, but it, you know it runs in continuous time. And a big part of playing these games are you set up what you want to do, and then you let time fast forward real quick, and then you slow it down to manage things, and then you let it fast forward real quick. So if you can imagine 32 players each like wanting to run at different speeds at different points in the game in terms of how the pacing should go, uh, you know what it sounds like to me, my master. It sounds like those people. And, and bless them, because I love hearing about people who do this, who will do something like play a submarine simulator in real time. You know, they'll set up a computer <laughs> running at 1-1 one, one speed, and they will do like a, a three-month tour in a submarine game like Silent Hunter 5. I love that kind of thing. Uh, I wouldn't be caught doing it, but I love that people do that. So, um. uh, You know, like, I'm kind of curious about this game, but I'm not like the biggest, you know, uh, uh strategy like hardcore strategy uh gamer so uh, i'm a little curious i'll see how this goes uh jason t mcmaster who is your favorite medieval king oh wow well geez let me think about it um (laughs) so many to choose from (laughs) i don't know (laughs) it's not something that i just have like laying around on the top of my brain here it's like not like you and troy yeah, you know, I would I would have no answer for that either. I'm just gonna if you say any name though, the odds are there was probably a king with that name. Uh, How about Richard? There you, you know what? There you go. Rich, and you could even say, come on, like Richard the Lionhearted. He's the famous one. He's like the Babe Ruth of medieval kings. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah, I could go with Lionhearted. You certainly don't want to go with a third, unless of course you know that Shakespeare was just writing a play to please the queen and not. And- Richard III wasn't a total dick. Like <laughs> they make him out to be. But you can. That's a, the cool thing in Crusader Kings. You can have a hunchbacked king. You can do that sort of thing. That's in there. Oh uh, uh, yes. <laughs> For all the Richard the Third third apologists. It just sounds really entertaining, though. That that the game is is basically being. Uh, it's like a, a to give credit to Troy for this. He said he he referred to it as a uh, medi- or a uh, medieval soap opera. Yes, so. it is very much like that. Very character-driven, personality-driven. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah, All right, so uh, you'll have to play the beta and let us know how it is. And then, now, they, is that on Steam? Uh, no, that was uh, actually. I'm sure it will be though, because like, there's they've got a ton of paradox stuff on Steam. Right, right. So uh, yeah, I don't see it. It's not like a free order. I got my copy, of course, from PR. But yeah, I don't know if it's on Steam. Right. All right. Uh, all right, so McMaster, then, what is, now that we know that Crusader Kings 2 is not on Steam, is that your news story of the week? Uh, no, actually. Um, my news story of the week, uh, I, Wade, would you like to go first? I mean, I'm just... No, go ahead. Okay. My news story of the week is the whole Zynga thing, huh? What happened there? What, did they get hacked also? No, no. No, no, no. You'll like this one. They gave stock to their employees when they started up, and then they said, told their employees before their IPO that they want all their stock back or they're fired. <laughs> so, uh, and then I guess the idea behind it was to offer more stock to top-tier employees. <laughs> so how does that work? Well, from what I heard, it wasn't all their employees, it was certain ones that the management felt were underperforming. Mm. 
It's still not fair, though. I, uh, I, mean, it, I just uh, Oh, I kind of agree, and that this was actually one of my possible choices for, for news of the week. But uh, So I kind of read the article, and what it sounds like is that there are some people who are uh, – I don't think they, they were simply asked to give back their stock. I think they were actually demoted. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we're taking away your stock. It's here you're moving to another lower job title, and we're taking your stock. But congratulations, you're not fired. <laughs> yeah, it's still kind of like – the stock thing is a little scummy, though, cause, like right before an IPO or whatever. Yeah, I'm seems, with you. <laughs> you know, it's like not like anybody has like a, an ass ton of respect for Zynga in the first place, but like you know, this doesn't do good for like their public image. So this is getting some traction. This is, I mean, the fact that I haven't heard about it, not surprising. Uh, if the word just, stock is in it, I tend to tune out. But this is getting traction, and this is now – Part of how people like think of Zynga is they're the jerks who are calling takebacks on their stock to their employees. Yes, right. that's what I mean. The, I know that's going to be like the standard mindset because most people are going to see like an article says Zynga jerks takes back. <laughs> you know, so, then you know they might not read it, but yeah, so right. they're not going to enjoy that. But like, yeah, it really, it just kind of started today. So right. I'm, you know, it's not like it's as something you've missed for a week or two. All right, let's do a quiz here. So uh, we're going to start with you, Jason T. McMaster. I want you to I want you to complete the third part in this equation. Are you ready for this? All right. Bethesda is the company that sues people that use the word uh, mine or no, no that use the word scrolls in their game names. Zynga mm-hmm. is the company that takes away your stock when you work for them, and mm-hmm. Activision is the company that blank. Well, there's so many. Um, Activision is the company that axes all of their divisions, a.k.a. axed division. Very good. All right. <laughs> That's one point for you, McMaster. Okay, wait. You're next. You ready for this? Sure. Complete the third part in this set. Bethesda sues you if you use the word scrolls. Zynga asks you to take back all of their stock. And Electronic Arts does what? Oh, dear. Um, ask you to sign up for a new forum account and tries to sell you all manner of force armor? I would I would accept either of those. And as a matter of fact, I will accept both of them and give you two points. You win. Well done. Also <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, cool. It is kind of funny how we do, like, we hear these stories, and even if it's an incomplete picture or, uh, you know, we just love to hate game companies, so we'll latch on to things like, like you did, Wade, with the horse armor. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, that was such an, an aborted attempt at just crappy DLC, and, man, that stuck. I, I mean, everybody remembers Bethesda for that. Uh, oh, yeah, man. Well, everybody's going to remember Capcom for doing everything that they do. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so that is the uh, news story. That was your no, yeah, that was yours, McMaster. McMaster, the Zynga thing. Yeah. Uh, McMaster, how much Zynga stock do you own? Uh, none. All right, same here. Wade, are you a Zynga stockholder? Not that I know of. All right, so we are all completely impartial on that front. Glad to know. Uh, yes. All right, Wade, what is your news story of the week then? Okay. Uh, my new story of the week is let, let's see if you can guess this. There is a game that recently reached uh, four million in total sales. Mm, okay. Oh, do we guess from that? Um, trying to think of what else I could give as a. I clue. have a guess. I have a guess. What's your guess? Depths of Peril. 
<laughs> no. Uh, McMaster, you're up next. What would you guess just reached four million in sales? Okay, and it's kind of an indie game, so. Oh, it is. Wait a minute. I thought we were. Do- I thought you were. I th- I uh, torch, this- torchlight. Uh, no. I said it is kind of an indie game. Well, I guess Torchlight is sort of. Well, I guess that means it's. Torchlight it's, is too, yeah. I guess that means it's not Modern Warfare Three. No. <laughs> that's kind of indie. That's, that's out no. there. Four million in sale. What indie? Oh, oh, I know what this is, McMaster. I told it. You, you got this, McMaster. If you think about it, I'm sure you can. I'm sure that, it's it's Minecraft, right? Right. That's correct. That's right. <laughs> that's all my wife plays. So. <laughs> Four million in sales sold four million copies. That's insane. Yeah, and 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 I, I I don't like to latch on to stories that just throw out the numbers. So I actually tried to look at some other. Uh, Wikipedia is not the great greatest source for this kind of information, but it's all I could find, and so that would put it ahead of the likes of any of the Halo games recently uh, taken individually. Uh, bigger than Fallout Three. Oh yeah. Wow. Assume, assuming those numbers are current on Wikipedia. So I, I, I thought that was interesting, and I, I guess it reminded me of the uh, sort of the wake-up call that maybe the you know, if you go back to best-selling games of all time, you know, top of the list are going to be uh, – there's a lot of things like The Sims and Myst and, and, and things that aren't, aren't quite what you'd think of uh, as a standard hardcore game. Um, and, and Minecraft – uh, I think kind of fits in, in that mold that it's not about, you know, going and shooting zombies in the head. Well, I guess there is some zombies in it, but oh. <laughs> uh, it does have its its cadre of undead. But uh, but it, but it's it's more from so many people. It's just a creativity tool and uh, and, and just uh, something where they can they, it's like, you know, computer Legos. Um, or when when I play it, I'm more about the exploration. I'll, I'll, I'll you know dig down and 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 you know go cave spelunky and you know, just see what you find. And you know there's not a whole lot, but it still you know holds your interest for a good while. Now Wade, so talk to me like I'm a guy who has never played Minecraft, doesn't know that much about it, has just heard about it, and is constantly hearing things like it sold four, four million copies. Uh, I am standing by until it goes final, which I think Notch has said is sometime this month. Is that correct? Do we know? Uh, oh. Don't know. Okay, so it's still in beta, though, right? Like technically, like people yes. are buying this game. It, it's a it's it's in the development process. It's not even complete. You mentioned Wade when you explore. There's not a, a lot you can find because presumably it's in beta. Or is, is this a game where it's eventually going to be stocked with stuff that you find and single player content and challenges? Uh, maybe. I mean, uh, for, for uh, it's maybe not. The, it's not the best game for me because I tend I don't do very well when people just hand me a wide open sandbox right. and. Largely, that's what Minecraft is. It's a wide-open sandbox. And so you might go into ca- caves, and some people are going down to either mine lava or mine some of the more precious uh, rocks and gems and metals and whatever. Um, and so there is a lot of that to find. But if you're going down there for, for monster combat, there's some of that. Or, you know, If you're expecting a, a, a dungeon with interesting set pieces or, or lots of, you know, treasure in the the more conventional sense there there's not a lot of that 
Well, though, isn't there something where uh, during the nighttime things come out and attack you, so you want to stay in your house? Like, is there a day-night cycle like that, or am I mistaken? No, you're correct. There is a day-night cycle, and the way I believe it works is that if there's enough light uh, in a certain area, then monsters won't spawn there. So what you have to do is you either have to build a house and you know put torches up around it, uh, or if you just have a cave, then you know make sure that all parts of that cave you're in are well lighted or closed off, um, and that way monsters won't spawn in there. Right, right. Uh, well, I, I I'm looking forward to playing this when it goes final, but I just it's like McMaster with Crusader Kings too. I'm gonna wait for for this fella Notch to say, you know what, it's done, version 1.0, have at it, uh, and then I'll jump in, and maybe there'll be maybe there'll be a little more combat underground at that point. Uh, you, you know, maybe, but I, I kind of look at it, uh, it. It's a beta in the sense that Google does betas. Uh, ah, right, it, right. It's a fairly feature complete beta. Yeah, uh, it really is. So, McMaster, you mentioned that uh, Mrs. McMaster plays it. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. oh, yes. And what does she do? Like, she's just, like, building houses and whatnot? The thing about Sarah is this. She is obsessed with exploring things and looting things. <laughs> so, if there's a game about exploring or looting and, oh, heaven forbid, explore looting, <laughs> then then she is going to just, like, be all over it. She has, like, oh, God, Skyrim is going to be a nightmare, but, like... Uh, she, uh, yeah, she, she just, like, digs and digs and digs. Are, are you married to a conquistador? Yes. <laughs> conquistadors who took their share. The share right. of the helmet? Yes. I'll bet, I'll bet she could, uh, I'll bet she would look very fetching in one of those conquistador helmets. Uh, oh, yeah, she'd love that, yeah. <laughs> All right, so 4 million copies of Minecraft. That's one of those numbers that's way too big for me to really appreciate. But when you put it in context like that, Wade, that's that's pretty impressive. I just – I have to say, I am so – you know, people complain about the games industry and, oh, it's only sequels and, oh, the big publishers are taking over. But stories like Minecraft doing so well, uh, a, a really prohibitively difficult, uniquely designed game like Wait. Dark Souls – doing so well, the fact that it's so commercially successful. Uh, Catherine, that, that, that Atlas oh. is most successful, which I didn't care for, but it's completely different and it's completely oh. weird. The fact that Catherine sold so many copies, I, I love where the games industry is at, these, at this point. Would, would you like to discuss them. Catherine later, Tom? Because I, I, I didn't beat it, but I watched Sarah get to the final stage, so I can... Uh, I've actually... Uh, yeah, I... I Gave up fairly early on Catherine. Wade, do you know what Catherine is, by the way? I know what it is. Have not played it. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I, just... Basically, McMaster, I would be happy to, but I'm more happy about the fact, not specifics about Catherine, just that it's doing so well. <laughs> like, like I love that a game that, that that's that weird, that's that unconventional, uh, is, is so successful for, for Atlas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know. I did talk to someone who had completed it, and I asked him very spoilery questions like, is the blonde Catherine evil? Who was doing the murders? What happens yeah. in the end? So I did uh, have the story spoiled for me. So Good, good. Uh, all right, so those are our news stories of the week. McMaster, are we going to forum post of the week or game of the week next? 
I think we'll go far and post. It seems like games seems like such a fitting ending. For yeah, things. it's the way to, it's a real showstopper, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right, so uh, uh, McMaster, why don't you start us off? What is your forum post of the week this week? Well, it's a touch self-serving, but I think uh, I think it needs attention. Um, earlier today, I was uh, pointed to a game called Abobo's Big Adventure. What? Oh yes. Um, That's not a game. You made that up. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it. Um, where do you remember a Bobo from uh, Double Dragon? I remember Bobo from Mystery Science Theater three thousand. After it went down the two. Oh God, the Pearl Path. Yeah. All right. Well, a Bobo's big adventure is a uh, master. Hold on, real quick. What are you actually saying? A Bobo. Like U B O B O a Bobo A B O B O. Okay, <laughs> all right. I still am convinced you're making this up. Go ahead, tell us about your imaginary uh, game. He was uh, he was one of the bad guys in Double Dragon, mm-hmm. and um, they've just released a trailer today, which I linked to in the forums. Why I'm bringing this up? The Abobo's Big Adventure uh, thread, and. Uh, it just looks pretty awesome. Uh, it's like the dudes from Double Dragon kidnap a Bobo's son, and uh, he has to fight through a bunch of old NES games to save him. And uh, it just looks great. So check that out. This is a real thing. You, you promised yes, you didn't invent it. I, okay, look, in Sky, I just sent I just sent a link to it. If you don't <laughs> believe me, just click on it. I, I do love the name of it, a Bobo's Big Adventure. You know what? That's fun to say. My my mouth has a fun time when I say that that game's name. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it looks pretty great. It, it cribs heavily from uh, like Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden or whatever, and uh, actually it cribs from Urban Champions, which I thought was pretty funny. You don't see that one very often. Um, I think there's a bit with Kung Fu and Nintendo Wrestling with Starman and uh, you know the Aqua Dude or whatever. All right, so a Bobo's Big Adventure, your own post about a Bobo's Big Adventure yes. <laughs> is your forum post of the week. No, no not self-serving at all, McMaster. As a matter of fact, it's like a public service. You're, you're... Yeah, well, I'm not getting paid for this or anything. It just looks awesome, and I want people to see it. Uh, McMaster, I think you know what I'm going to ask you next, and that is, when can we play a Bobo's Big Adventure? Oh, geez. Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, you might be able to play it now because you can sign up to be a beta tester. Ah, all right. So maybe then, or I'm going to say probably next Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wade, what forum post do you have that could possibly top a Jason's Bookmaster post for Abobo's Big Adventure? What, what's your pick for forum post of the week? Um. Do we, is it a post or can I pick a thread? Either one works because uh, you know what? A thread begins with a single post, as they say in the Bible. That's true. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, the f- I, I think it's, it's kind of appropriate given that Skyrim is uh, releasing tomorrow. There is a thread recently uh, titled Oblivion dot dot Special Edition, where a, a poster I forget who was who started the thread. I think it was Scuzz. Um, I was basically asking, you know, should I get Oblivion? Is it worth it? Whatever. Um, and what's wonderful about this thread is the the, the complete range of responses, uh, you know, varying from 
it's great. Don't uh, you know? Just, just go get it, go play it, or mm-hmm. it's not worth your time. Go play Fallout. Go play Morrowind. Uh, or uh, if I had to pick one post, uh, I'm going to pick uh, Jason McCullough's post, okay. uh, partially because he has the uh, the wonderful uh, mod thread uh, oh, where yeah. he's compiled uh, an ungodly number of mods for Oblivion. Uh, but he, he lists the proper way to play Oblivion. Step one, mod the hell out of, uh, out of it. Yes. And he suggests replacing the skill leveling <laughs> system, uh, which uh, I would agree with. Uh, step two, carefully plan your character skills and leveling strategy. Not quite with him there, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, step three, once out of the starter dungeon, pay no attention to the many individual buildings in the cities or bullshit main quests. Run as fast as you can in a single direction, doing whatever the hell dungeons or side quests you run across. Yell, yell the entire time for full effect, etc., etc., etc. Don't worry about the countryside except for visual landmarks ne- to your next dungeon quest. So... <laughs> So then, Wade, what is your uh, – when somebody asks, is Oblivion worth playing, uh, you would be thumbs up? Uh, with the caveat of I, – I've I played Oblivion and Morrowind on and, and Fallout 3, and I would say with all of them, to get maximal enjoyment out of them, I've either modded or cheated uh, to, to, to fully enjoy the game. So, Wade, what would you say to me when I come to you and I'm like, hey, I want to do what you're instructing me to do, but I'm playing on the 360. What do you then say to me? Um, there's still – well, it's still, it still might be an okay game for you because there, there, there are lots of people who enjoy it that way. Um, I, I know that I, I get frustrated with uh, lots of busy work. Uh, I get uh, I, I don't like when uh, games have a weight limit of how much you can carry because I, I tend to pick up a lot of stuff and it forces you to go and dive into your inventory and do inventory management. And those are usually not interesting choices. It's usually just dropping all the extra crap you've picked up and 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 then moving on with your life. And 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 I don't like that kind of interruption. I'd rather just keep on playing. Um, Wade, maybe you should learn to let let go of the trash loot. You don't have to carry it around. Uh, but that, yeah, is, that is an important point. kind of thing. That, that's like a like, like when if if you feel like you have to carry around all of that extra loot to sell it to sort of optimize what you're doing. Like I feel if you feel like you have to min max it and get as much money as you can, uh, that something has kind of failed. Uh, and I. I that that's a tough thing with any RPG. Like, am I just going to leave money laying around on the ground because of my inventory limit? Am I going to be punished for that? Is this going to come back to bite me? Yeah. yeah. Then there's that question, and 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 even beyond that, there's people who get, get into there's very long, complicated ex, uh, explanations of what you should do. Like in the when you start Oblivion, you have to pick like your major skills and your minor skills and what birth oh, yes. sign you have and all this other junk, and I mean, you kind of ask yourself, you know, why are they putting that stuff there if if if, if somebody's not going to go and min-max it? You know, and I'm not going to be the guy to do that, but somebody's going to go and do that. Um, and, you know, is that something they expect you to do to be able to beat the game, or is it just extra window dressing? And, and, and so, yeah, uh, I, I kind of – I've heard that Skyrim is more simplified in that manner, and that's probably a good uh, a good move. 
Uh, now, here's another thing uh, that I think about when I consider, like when I look at all those mods that Jason McCullough has put together, uh, I sort of feel like, well, if you're doing that, like aren't you subverting the design work that the guys yeah. in Bethesda have done? Like when I play on the 360, I have the sense that I am playing the game that Bethesda wanted me to play. Uh, like, they are the ones designing it. If I were to play on the PC and use McCullough's list, I would have the sense that I was playing a game cobbled together by a committee of gamers, uh, and then they are the, the sort of the deciding force with certain design choices. I think I would trust, and you know, I realize as these words are leaving my mouth how probably wrong it is, but I was going to say I think I would trust Bethesda more than I would trust the players. Now, I say that as a guy who was never able to play Fallout New Vegas, which they published because it was so broken, um, but I just feel like when you are signing up for so many mods, uh, what happens to the creative vision behind a game? I don't know. Um, some of them, you know, a lot of the mods that he uses for the most part are like graphic updates, a lot, you know. So, I mean, it's not all terrible. I mean, there's one or two things that they change, but yeah. Well, Wade mentioned, you mentioned, Wade, the leveling system. Like, that mm -hmm. is, that's such a cornerstone of what they wanted to do with Oblivion. You know, love it or hate it, that was a foundation for how that game was built, is you can go anywhere because you're not going to be a first-level guy who wanders into an area of 50th-level monsters and therefore get slapped down and, and you die. Like you can go anywhere because the monsters auto-level with you. That's kind of how they built it. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it takes a lot of flack because leveling, the monsters do level with you, and that's true, but when you're leveling, you're not always leveling up combat abilities. So you right. can get in a situation where right. uh, you sell a lot of stuff, and, oh, I've, I've, I've uh, leveled up my mercantile skill, so now I'm level 10, and now the, 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 the monsters are harder. Or you we, level up speechcraft. <laughs> you know what? Wait. Yeah, maybe you should have thought of that before you decided to be a silver-tongued uh, salesman. <laughs> maybe you should stay in uh, whatever Hammerfell or whatever the main city is and just sell some wares and talk to people. Maybe you're not ready to go out and fight monsters. Oh, that burns. <laughs> <laughs> Stings. Uh, I, I so loved Oblivion, and I, I'm guessing we all did here. Uh, but oh, I... Did. I I, at a certain point, I knew that I just couldn't boot it up again because that would be saying goodbye to at least 20 hours and more likely 50 hours. I just like had to put it down. Uh, how much time? How how effective a time sink was Oblivion for you too, Wade? Did you spend a lot of time with it? Uh, actually, I only picked it up this year, and I've spent about 50 hours of in on it. Uh, probably 20 hours of that is messing around with mods. <laughs> And so you you did play like have you have you done the storyline stuff with the mods enabled or do you just faff about and run in a straight line like McCullough says? Uh, I, I do a bit of both. I, well, I did the the story for a bit, and uh, I'm kind of bad. I go and I look at the wiki for the main quest because I, I can't be bothered to find out everything uh, organically. But uh, you know, I went and looked at the main quest, and apparently, to do some things, you have to be a certain level. And so I've reached a part where I think you have to be level ten to go and talk to a shrine or something um and i'm not level 10 yet and so i have i kind of have now I'm, I'm almost having to go and and mess about and so I, i'm kind of in the messing about phase mm -hmm. at this point uh mcmaster did you do a term of service in oblivion did you do your tour of duty well bethesda is probably my singularly favorite designer right now uh but so yeah i mean i've i've played everything they've released for the most part um 
I actually just found my copy of Daggerfall the other day. No, but um, Sarah played about 200 hours. I played about 75. Now, the uh, the thing I remember most about Daggerfall, I believe this is Daggerfall, is one of the bullet points is that the area of Daggerfall is as big as the country of Turkey. Yes. <laughs> Which, I, what I love about that, that little feature, that bullet point, it means absolutely nothing. Nobody wow. in the United, nobody who's picking up, and by nobody I mean 99% of the people picking up Daggerfall have any concept how big Turkey is. Is Turkey as big, big? Right, it sounds big because it's a country. But is it as big as Maryland or is it as big as Texas? Nobody knows. <laughs> it was, uh, God, that was a big game, though. Uh, and an empty one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now I've never played that. Do they have uh, any kind of fast travel? Yes. That's a very good question. They do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was fast travel. Uh, I remember one of the stats was it would take you like hours and hours and hours and hours to get like to walk or ride across it. So that's why they had to put in fast travel. Right. Right. Mm. Uh, okay. Let's do a quiz. You guys ready for this? Sure. What is bigger, Jason T. McMaster, Turkey? Or Zimbabwe? Jesus. I'm going to go with Zimbabwe. That's probably right. wrong. Oh, just to make it interesting, I'll go with Turkey. All right, you're both right. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I would actually lose that quiz, too, because I would have no idea. I would go with Zimbabwe. Because Africa, it's deceptively large. You know, their countries are fairly big. Mm. You get over there in Central Asia, there's less room to sort of swing around your borders. I think you're more hemmed in, so I'm going to guess Zimbabwe. Uh, tune in next week for the answer. And yeah, well, Zimbabwe has more letters in it. And it begins with a Z, something you don't see very often. Let's give him props for that. Uh, oh, yes. All right, so forum post of the week. Uh, Jason McMaster, uh, not self-servingly, chose his own post. And yes. uh, uh, Wade, on the brink of Skyrim, uh, chose an Oblivion post. Uh, which I imagine, I am, or thread, and I imagine that thread is going to be shoved off of the front page starting tomorrow when Skyrim comes out. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Denny, uh, Denny went through and made two threads, one for spoilers and one for non-spoilers for Skyrim, so we'll see how that turns out. You know what? I So I don't normally get on the forums. I, I tried again recently. It didn't work out real well, but I did hop in while I was there briefly. I ducked into the Walking Dead thread, uh, which is a TV show about zombies that uh, some of us watch, and could not believe it. You know, I think spoiler tags were added to the forum a month or so ago. I couldn't... Uh, the very first thing I saw in that freaking Walking Dead thread was a spoiler for next week's episode. So, great big middle finger to the forum for spoilers. Uh, good Lord. But I'm glad that Denny has, has uh, preemptive, preemptively provided two threads for Skyrim. Uh, good, because spoiler tags you can't you can't trust people to use those. Uh, well, no, yeah, I actually saw a few uh, Skyrim spoilers in the regular thread because they didn't use spoiler tags, so that was pretty rad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's find out if any of us has chosen Skyrim as his game of the week. Uh, why don't we start with McMaster? What is your game of the week, and is it Skyrim? It is not. Hmm. All right, that's one down. So, what is it instead? Pinball FX2. Mm, maybe you should pick a specific table. All right, fine. Paranormal. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why? Why would I pick Paranormal? Because it's delightful. Um, 
No, I actually really like the uh, I really like that table. I'm glad they gave it away over Halloween. Um, so really cool. It's fun. A lot of scoring in it. You know, uh, like tables with relatively high scores. Uh, unlike extreme. Um, but uh, yeah, and uh, well, really the one thing was uh, <laughs> I uh, I ended up. Uh, Staying up really late playing it one night just for fun, uh, messing around. And um, there's uh, several things you can activate on that table, as all of their tables. And one of them is called the Magma Save. And the Magma Save you activate with the A button. And if your ball is going out of like bounds or whatever, you can hit it, and it uses a magnet to pull the ball back up. Mm-hmm. So um, – I had lit up one of the multi-ball options, and I believe it's called Levitation. Yep, that's the easy one, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, just because, like, I got tired of messing with, like, the four-ball one and trying to figure out what the hell to do. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do the easy one. So it's floating there, and you have to hit it. Well, if you can't hit it, it will eventually float off the table. And I thought, hey, this will be great. I'll use my Magma Save to see if I can pull it down. Ah, I like that. So, so real quick, uh, so to describe for folks what McMaster's talking about, the levitation mode makes your ball f- glow and float because it's paranormal, so crazy paranormal things are happening. It's so scary as hell. It is scary because, good golly, what's going on there? It's violating the laws of, of the known universe. So your ball is floating around, and it looks like it's actually raised above the table. So you've got to – and the challenge is to hit your regular ball into this now mysteriously floating ghost ball. So go ahead, McMaster. So you're, you're, you have the bright idea. I'm going to press the Magma Save into service to what? To suck down the levitating ball? Yes. Good. I like but, it. Um, and I, I had my high score at the time, which I know isn't – I'm no Justin Fletcher, by God. Or, well, or Sarah. Um, so my score was around 30 million, mm-hmm. uh, and I was doing pretty well. So I hit the Magma Save. It yanked my regular ball off the table, shot it into the trap. And then the floating ball, well, I don't know what happened to it, but it just kind of uh, went away. And uh, and then I could hit the flippers, but I couldn't really tilt, and the game wouldn't end. So uh, I McMaster, lost my... yeah, it sounds like you have tampered in God's domain. I did. <laughs> I went too far for too little. <laughs> uh, I think there is some kind of weird bug where the, the, the ball can get trapped in paranormal. Uh, I was reading up on the table to figure out what the heck is going on with that Hellraiser cube, uh, and I have some information there. But while reading oh, about it, there were people on the the uh, the Zen Studios forums complaining about an occasional bug that does what you're talking about, McMaster. Uh, I have never seen that, but I, I think it is a known issue. Uh, Wade, you are a pinball FX guy, correct? Yes. Do you have the table paranormal or, as Jason T. McMaster will occasionally call it, supernatural? Uh, I do. Uh, do you know what is going on with that little Hellraiser cube that the skull fingers turn? Can you finesse that thing? Do you know how to do it? Uh, a little bit. I, I, I've, I've halfway got it. Uh, there is. Uh, do you want to go into it? or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Tell me okay. oh yes. Tell okay. us what you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay, so what happens when the, the ball goes at the top of this uh, cube? It kind of rolls across slowly, and then one and there's four uh, little kickers that'll kind of push the ball down into one of the tracks on the cube. Right. 
And so one flipper button will control two of those, uh, and, and the other flipper button will control the other two. Um, and so once it's kicked down and it's rolling down the cube, uh, there are holes that, the, that you need to guide the ball into. Mm-hmm. And you either do this by kicking it down the, the correct lane on the cube, right. or on some of them there's a magnet Very uh, that good. you need to activate to make it go up, a, back up a, a different track and into the hole. Yep, Wade, you have uh, now, that is the piece of the puzzle that I think is missing for, for a lot of folks, is that when you not, hit the flipper button, that magnet, you use it to finesse the ball. You can do it like you're trying to roll it back and forth by using the magnet as an attracting point to get it to move into the different holes on that cube. Uh, yeah. Right, and then and then there's one more the the the, the cube face that has four holes on it. That one has uh, these diagonal pieces that are on the face of the ball, and the flippers will change oh. the direction that those diagonal pieces lay. And you can also and that's how you guide the ball because uh, the the two the multiple holes are on the same lane, and so if you kick the yeah. always kick the ball down the same lane, it's always going to fall in the first hole. And so you have to right. set up these diagonal pieces such that uh, the ball will go into the second hole. Uh, Wait, you have to drop drop it down a set, uh, like one of the middle lanes and have it go to the outside lane. So the diagonal pieces you're saying they're on the face of the cube and you manage Correct. them. Okay, uh, I right. did and, not know that. Right. And you have to get them like slightly off because you're also hitting the flipper button, to kick the ball down, and so you have to get them not quite correct and then correct whenever you kick the ball down, or you have to be fast enough to after you kick it down. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I know all this, but I've only <laughs> successfully gotten multi-ball with the levitation uh, face. You know what? I Which, think I, I am at the point now where I can do the second. They're, they're called files. File one is levitation. Oh. File file two is doppelganger. What? No? no I'm just kidding. Oh, yes. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you dispute my... <laughs> at least I get the name of the table correct, McMaster. I'm not running around calling it supernatural. <laughs> hey, listen. I'm just, I'm just looking out for my boy, McGee. All right. <laughs> He, did he did he direct episodes of Supernatural? He produces it. Oh, good for him. I'm glad he's doing well. Uh, so so file one is levitation. File two is doppelganger. I have on maybe two occasions gotten doppelganger. Files three and four, no idea because they're the other faces of the cube. I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, and wait, I'm so glad you mentioned the diagonal pieces for that four hole. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah they're kind of hard to see. There, it's gray on gray. Of course it is. Those bastards. Well, well, Gray on gray crimes. There's so much that's going on in paranormal. I, I, I still. That's for for a long time since long before it was on the the 360. You know, it was available on the PS3. That's been my favorite table of theirs for quite a while. Uh, I'm hugely fond of it. So, like, how do you get to that video mode? Because that's like the easiest nine million points in the history of nine million points, and I don't you, know how to reliably trigger it. Yeah, you got to get that alligator. So that's where you're chasing an alligator through the sewers, which is adorable. Yeah. Uh, you get it by doing. Uh, you know what? I'm going to let Wade field this question. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to do that, but I, I have gotten uh, the, Back to you, the, Tom. The, the the haunted house bit. Oh the, yeah, the top ten. I think it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, but it's like twenty million if you can get it. So yeah, when you say get it, Wade, are you talking about getting the the pinball up into the UFO, or what? What do you? What is getting the haunted house mean? Well, well, uh, there's I, 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 there's some little lamps in there, and yeah, the, getting it to the UFO that's like one million points. Yeah, it's a million out the side. Uh, but there's some blinking. Tor- I don't know if it's you hit the torches that are blinking or you hit the torches that are not blinking, but uh, there's two floors in the house, and I think if you if you 
hit all the torches and get a ball out the balcony on the left on the second floor, then it's like uh, twenty million or so. Okay, and the, I think those are ghosts. Like you're you're chasing little ghost lights, uh, right? I yeah. Uh, have you guys ever hit Nessie on the nose? Because the Loch Ness monster is there. There's a little thing where you're supposed to smack her on the nose. So, so McMaster, you've done that. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually pretty good at that whole like around the side ramp. It's the reverse gravity part of the table. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, I usually I can pretty reliably get super skill shots. Okay, quiz time. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. What What is the name of the chupacabra in Paranormal? McMaster, do you know? Is it Dizzy? No, that's a yeah, that's Dizzy. Yeah, Dizzy. Wade, is McMaster right or wrong? Uh, I was going to go with Francis, so uh, I have no idea. <laughs> First of all, Francis is a terrible name for a chupacabra. Uh, it, it is it is Dizzy. Uh, McMaster uh, got it correct. So you I have was to... thinking Dizzy would be the Jersey Devil, but no, no. I was thinking, no, he jumps up on the track and you have to hit him. Okay, here's part two of the quiz. McMaster, what is the Jersey Devil's name? Dickhead. Wade, is McMaster... <laughs> Sorry. If he's not right, what is the Jersey Devil's name? You know, I can't hit him, so I'm going to go and agree with, with McMaster on this one. But you guys obviously don't know your Jersey Devils because the Jersey Devil does not have a name. He's the Jersey Devil. That's what I thought, but I figured Dickhead would work. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't mind that guy. Like, he's a he's one of the least obtrusive, you know, when it says hit Oh, this. yeah. I just can't hit him. Oh, you just smack it into the ramp over on the far right. It's easy enough. Well, I, I know. I mean, I've done it. It's just I, I always have a hard time getting the ball to, like, the left flipper for some reason on it, whenever it's, like, time to do that. So I'm at the point now, and I say I'm at the point. Uh, I'm trying to get to the point where when the ball rolls down to one of the flippers, I use the little tilt uh, stick to sort of push the table up so the ball jumps over to the other flipper. Um I can do that maybe every time I try it. I can maybe do it one out of every three attempts. <laughs> so it's wow. usually a surefire way for me to lose the ball. But at this point, you know, maybe there will be a time where I can do it two out of every three attempts. So I am, I'm finally getting to where I'm actually using that little tilt uh, stick to finesse the table. I don't know how that will turn out. We'll see. Uh, so I'm always afraid I'm going to get a tilt. Yeah, I, I know. I, well, you know what? Because it's a it's – a, it's a computer pinball thing. As long as I think you're you're for a while allowed one free jam on that stick. Like as long as you don't do it two times in rapid succession, I think you're safe. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? Don't trust me on that. Uh, I won't. I won't. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wade, do you have other tables? Uh, uh, just the four standard ones in Paranormal. I have them all because I'm crazy. <laughs> well. well and- and because we, we want to uh, get our super sports up there, McMaster. Well, yeah, that's the official reason. I'm going with crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so McMaster's Game of the Week is not just one game. It's one table on one game, and I approve. Uh, I think uh, Paranormal, good pick. Um, Wade, I'm going to go next. Are you ready for my Game of the Week? And then we'll sure. let you close out the show. My Game of the Week uh, is not Saints Row 3 because that will be probably my game of next week. Uh, yeah, that's what I expect. I, I, my review uh, will post uh, actually Thursday night, so probably by the time this goes live, my review will be up. Uh, God, I love Saints Row 3 so much. But I'll talk about that next week uh, when it comes out and we can all have... Uh, play, spend some time with it. So instead, I'm going to pick something that came out this week. 
Uh, my game of the week is something that I didn't figure I'd pick as my game of the week, but that I really am ending up liking in spite of, you know. I knew you would. You do not even know what I was going to say. Well, all right. You don't, okay, you know what? I'm going to change it. My game of the week is uh, Din's Curse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like such a sellout for picking Modern Warfare. You are. <laughs> no, I really am. Uh, but I really uh, am digging, I, you know, the single player I couldn't care less about. It's just as forgettable and absurd as it's been in the last few games. It's uh, a bunch of, like, decent action scenarios. That's what it is. It's like, uh, you know, it's decent set pieces. So here's what, uh, I agree with you, McMaster, but here's what makes that difficult for me to enjoy. The First of all, playing Battlefield 3, which has oh, yeah. an amazing, amazing graphics engine, and it creates these dynamic set pieces as you're playing multiplayer games. So, yeah, sure, when you're playing Modern Warfare 3, they script the Eiffel Tower to fall over at one point, and they blow up New York City, and you, you sabotage a submarine, whatever. I can see all that kind of stuff in a multiplayer match of Battlefield 3, and it can sort of emerge dynamically. You know, I get just as much spectacle in that game. So... I, I think the the appeal of those set pieces is lost on me these days in Modern Warfare 3. Another thing that kills those set pieces for me is the scripted set piece missions in Saints Row 3 are so, so good and so just delightfully over-the-top and energetic. Um, it just, you know, I see the stuff in Modern Warfare 3, which is just like the stuff in Modern Warfare 2, which is just like the stuff right. Call of Duty 2, and it just feels so tired and so been there, done that as, as single player. Uh, so, but that's not really the part that I'm digging. I'm really digging the multiplayer. I'm really digging that leveling. Uh, I love of course. the new... That's the best part. <laughs> well, you know, that, you say that's the best part, and I just remember kind of getting really discouraged in Call of Duty Black Ops... Um, you know, trying to level up and just not really being able to keep pace with other players and jumping into games and not really getting getting my bearings very well. I just don't think I stuck with it really long enough. Yeah, I mean, I had to play for hours and hours before I got even remotely decent at it. I mean, it was, just, it was a really hard game. I mean, it's just really hard multiplayer. Well, and I think they've eased up on some of that really hard stuff in Modern Warfare 3. Uh, and uh, I reviewed it for GamePro, and this was kind of my, my main point, is that I feel a lot of the prohibitively difficult punishing stuff in the Modern Warfare and Call of Duty multiplayer games, uh, they've given you ways around that. Like, they've given you ways to sort of manage that. They've made it a little easier. Um, right. I, I love the new support option for killstreaks, where if I That's die cool. a lot, which I do, yeah, I still get credit towards my killstreak rewards. You know, normally the way it works is you pick these bonuses you get at a certain number of kills. Like, if I get six kills, I can call in uh, a helicopter strike. However, if somebody kills me before I get six kills, I lose all those credits, and I have to start over from the beginning with my next life. Since I die a lot, I'm never going to see that cool helicopter. But one of the things they did in Modern Warfare 3 is there's a there's a separate set of rewards where you keep your kills even if you get killed yourself. So if it takes me six kills to get a helicopter, even if I die, I keep credit for whatever kills I've earned when I respawn. 
Uh, and that's just a huge incentive to keep playing. If I suck, that's fine. I'll luck into a few kills, and eventually I'm going to get to call that helicopter in, and it's going to be really gratifying for me. Uh, I just felt shut out of that part of the gameplay in the previous games. Yeah. But, so, so I have a question. Uh, yeah. How is that balanced? So I imagine uh, it's is it the same helicopter you'd get for the uh, normal kill streak, or is it a, is it a less powerful helicopter, or do you have to get more kills well, to get it? How do they balance that? It's an excellent they balance. Question. It. Uh, I was, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You've played more than I have. So. But you want to say that, that's a very good question. It's something I wondered about. They uh, the 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 more obsessive kill streak rewards, and I think they're called assault kill streak. When you when you make your loadout, where you, and that's where you pick your gun, your perks, your types of grenades. You're either choosing whether you have an assault kill streak or a support kill streak, and each of those is a different list of powers. The assault kill streak, which is tougher to get because you lose your kill credits if you die, that tends to be more offensively uh, geared. Uh, like, I'm going to come and just F you up with some huge strike. That's more offensively geared. That's what those powers are. The support one, on the other hand, is cool stuff like ballistic vests for your teammate, uh, a cool little recon drone. Uh, they're more support, like you would infer from the title. They're more support powers. Although there is some cool stuff in there, uh, it's not as like nuke-oriented as the stuff in the assault package. So as far as it being balanced, uh, they have different kind of priorities, you might say. Uh, and the way that Call of Duty works is it's always been good about, no matter what you're doing, it's constantly giving you points for stuff. And it's constantly making that, that crazy, like, over-the-top, hey, you just unlocked something, or you just leveled up something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it really is just goofy action movie just, I mean, it's got that throbbing musical note that you will recognize if you've played much, where when you go up a level or you unlock a new level on your gun or you finish a challenge. Uh, so it's constantly rewarding you, even if you are doing traditionally support kinds of things. Um, so, McMaster, do you feel it's balanced? Uh, you know, yeah, to an extent. <laughs> Those games are funny because it's just like, I, I know every time I play, uh, after playing so much Black Ops, you just go... There are certain attacks that people have that are just, like, so soul-crushing. Like attack dogs. Attack dogs are so soul-crushing. The Every dogs, time. yeah, the dogs are awful. But And also, uh, just, you know, like a, when a C-130 is just, like, killing you the moment you peek out of a doorway. Like, there's, oh, yeah. there's that whole, like, when somebody, when somebody gets a lot of kills and they're locking down the map with these superpowers, there's definitely that kind of rich-get-richer gameplay where the guy who's already good is getting the best toys. So how is that fair? Right. Uh, you know, it's it's a little ridiculous in a way because having had done, you know, plenty of those things over time, you know, like, attack dogs are just ludicrous. Because you get, like, credit for every kill, and they are freaking everywhere, you know. So, yeah, I always, uh, always thought, even when I, it was in my uh, in my favor, though I did savor it, and uh, and just like, God, if you could collect the tears of the sad and lonely. Um, <laughs> you know what that reminded me of, McMaster? This is uh, this might be a little over y'all's head, or uh, maybe out of y'all's wheelhouses, but there's a real-time strategy game called Age of Mythology, and uh, you pick oh, different... And you pick different gods as you're playing, and each god has its own power. One of the really powerful Norse gods has this great power called Fimble Winter. And when you fire off your Fimble Winter power, wolves just come out and attack your villagers everywhere. And it's just as demoralizing as the freaking attack dogs in, in Black Ops. That, that's, uh, that reminds me of that. 
Uh, Wade, are you a Modern Warfare or a Call of Duty guy? Do you ever play any of these online? Uh, I, I don't keep up with them. I played a, a fair amount of Modern Warfare 2, but uh, I, I kind of got off uh, with the whole uh, uh, DLC train and, and release every year train, and so uh, I, I played up to like second prestige on Modern Warfare 2. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, that's that's pretty hard. So, I, for. <laughs> so I, 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 it was it was my nightly game for a while. Uh, but but yeah, if, uh, yeah, I, I get, get handing over fifteen dollars every few months and then, you know, sixty dollars every oh, year. And it is uh, I, 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 I buy lots of games with that amount of money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hey, not uh, throw it at one game. Well, wait. Um, yeah, go ahead. Have you tried the elite stuff yet? Uh, it's broken. I mean, it's it's definitely oh, it's not super online. broken. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not all intents and purposes is not part of the game yet. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I've uh, heard they're giving people uh, paying customers an extra month of that because it's so well, broken it's, right now. I have the hardened edition. I haven't even been able to put in my code. Yeah, <laughs> still, it's been down for yeah. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's five hundred error. It's like not like a oops, we screwed up. It's like a our servers are crying kind of error. It's definitely foobard, uh, and you got the sense. I actually uh, was at a, a press event where they have you play through the game for my review, uh, and they at that point they were showing us very proudly all this cool stuff that Elite would do, and I think while we were there at one point, they decided, well, you know what? This isn't quite going to be ready for the PC when we launch. Uh, you could sort of see in the process of proudly presenting it, they were kind of having to pull back some of what they were expecting from it uh, when it came out. Um uh, so, so wait. I'm curious then, as someone who I think you said prestiged twice in Modern Warfare 2, are you not feeling? And check out what I'm going to do here. Are you not feeling the Call of Duty to Modern oh. Warfare 3? Oh, that's so bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I will admit to, to some curiosity, mm-hmm. but uh, um. I, I just played a whole lot of shooter. I just got off of a big Borderlands kick, uh, and and uh, Borderlands is nothing nothing if not a a big uh, level up treadmill. <laughs> and I'd so like you, to get off that treadmill for a while. Right. So your your gunplay leveling up needs have been met for some time. Well, let, right. let me let me throw this at you, Wade. Uh, there's a new uh, ho- it's like a horde mode uh, in Modern Warfare Three. Um, and when they announced this, I was like, "Oh, isn't that cute?" You know, they're just they're just trying to do what Gears and Halo have done. Uh, but what I've been delighted to discover with this new Horde mode, and it's called Survival Ops. You know, we'll we'll, we'll call it the name they want to use. That's fine. I can remember that. It's easy enough. What what they're doing with Survival Ops? I mean, the the gunplay, the basic gunplay in Modern Warfare Three feels so distinct from other games that have a Horde mode. I feel uh, that yeah. it really does have its own feel and. I love how uh, there are, when you play this horde mode, it's not like Nazi zombies where you're just shooting them as they're slowly coming up. These are guys that are running at you, and they've got guns, and they're aggressive. Uh, yeah, it's and, like the game's standard AI. Exactly, right. And uh, and they're dogs, you know, uh, which McMaster oh, yeah. loves. Those dogs come at you. Eventually, they're even, dogs. They're even uh, juggernauts come at you, the really tough Hurt Locker-looking dudes. Uh, they're even, uh, oddly enough, like chemical warfare dudes that are like spraying toxic waste at you. It's like something out of Command and Conquer. Uh, If you get far enough, it gets a little crazy, which I kind of like about it. Uh, But the bottom line is it's that basic, seriously lethal gunplay from 
from the single player game. Uh, it's, it's part of the whole angle that Modern Warfare has. And what they do is they let you, as you're playing, it unlocks different stations where you can buy better equipment and, and basically defenses. Um, so, McMaster, I know you've played some Modern Warfare 3. Have you played much of this survival ops mode? I've played mostly the survival ops mode, to be honest with you. So, what are you leaning towards? So, you level up, and as you play it, you eventually get options to buy more and different kinds of equipment and stuff. What are you, when you jump into a map, what kind of things do you make a beeline for, for to buy? Oh, to man. Um, you know what? Like, it kind of depends. Like, I've been playing with light machine guns lately. Um, I've got, I just unlocked the second one. I'm like level 17 or 18 or something. And, um, I, uh, I grabbed those because they're, they're one of the few things that I've found that's like pretty reliably good at killing helicopters. Um, other than just, you know, firing a predator drone into it, which was my old situation or my old, uh, solution to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I grab claymores, um, like machine guns, uh, the Delta Squad. If I really, really need help, I think, because they stick around for freaking ever. Assuming you can keep them alive, uh, they'll they'll end yes, up. They'll soak up a fair amount of damage, and they'll they'll certainly get the attention of attackers. Like so, they'll take some of the heat off of you. Well, what you're describing, McMaster, reminds me a bit of a real time strategy game. In that, when you start a, a game of this survival ops mode, you're given money and an important early decision. What am I going to spend that money on? What is oh, my? Yeah. And this is how you would put it in a real-time strategy game. What is my my opening build order? Uh, so I had a great time playing with someone last night, and we tried different things. One of the things that we had the most luck with, and you mentioned the light machine guns, Jason McMaster, they're very expensive, but we, yes. we were pooling our money. Like, I would get money, and I would give it to my friend Jason, and uh, we would keep putting, not you, Jason T. McMaster, I wouldn't give oh, you a cent of my money. You're that's on your own. Thomas. <laughs> but my other friend, Jason, uh, we, were, we were playing until we got the $7,000 for the light machine gun. We would pool it and, and give the money to him so that he could get that to cover this one approach and each map also has very different sort of tactical uh, demands like the the layouts of the different maps really come into play uh, so we we would make a beeline to giving him a light machine gun having him sort of seal off an approach and then i would manage the other approach uh another you know you mentioned those delta squad guys they're only They're three thousand space bucks you can get them in the second or third wave and you're right mcmaster early on they'll stick around oh, yeah. forever uh you know and you know, specifically if you're on like one of the earlier easy maps too yep. i mean they will just absolutely tear things up you know, now so. once a juggernaut comes out or a helicopter comes out they're not as good at self-preservation in, the, in no, those moments no. uh so they'll get chewed up fairly quickly but another thing uh and i love how this again plays into certain maps claymores you know, oh, yeah. you, you get a few claymores, and you routinely, between every wave, replace them. You can shut off certain approaches. Again, it's like an RTS. Like, you build defenses on this area so you know that flank is safe. Uh, you know, the airstrikes. You know, they, they can. you've got the huge, messy airstrike, and you've got the Predator missile you mentioned, McMaster. Like, you want to have one of those ready when a Juggernaut uh, approaches, for instance. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Juggernauts are just bad freaking news in that game. Well, you know, I don't know if you know this. Do you know what their sort of Achilles heel is? Um, I'm guessing either their back or their face. Well, flashbangs. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, make sure you're loaded up with flashbangs. And the thing, too, about each of these things that I'm mentioning is they're part of the map. You have to go to yeah. a certain place on the map to get them. So you're having to move around. interesting. And I love how it's different on each map. You know, on some maps, you always want to be around the place where you refill your ammo, of course. But on some maps, the distance from that point to, say, the airstrike laptop or the explosives laptop, which is where you also replace your body armor, like the distance between those different laptops, because you only have so much time between waves to move around, can really determine what you do and how a map plays. Um, So I... I, uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I uh, actually... I like, hurt my wrist playing this game the first night because I discovered that it's like one of the, the, the pistol you start with is a fire as fast as you pull the trigger pistol. Right. And that's like the worst thing to give me because I'll just get like spastic on it. So like, I actually think I flared up like the, the carpal tunnel on that one. <laughs> Master, it sounds oh. like you didn't train properly before Modern Warfare 3 came out. No, no, I wasn't expecting the uh, Diablo treatment. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm just tickled with the, the survival ops mode. Uh, I am so excited tonight. They have new private matches, uh, which you can only play with friends. But the cool thing they do is all the leveling stuff, they completely subvert it. Everything is unlocked when you play a private match. Uh, so for a land game, for instance, just something you want to muck around with with friends... Set up all these crazy matches. Make whatever builds you want. Uh, I just think it's uh, it's 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 about time they did that for people who don't want to play that leveling grind. Like Wade, you did your prestige tour of duty. You know what that's like. But if you just are goofing around with your friends, it would be nice to have all that stuff already unlocked. Now they've done it that way. So, man, right. Tomorrow is going to be a good day because I can finally stop looking at my friends list and wishing I was playing Skyrim with some of them. So, so McMaster, sure. let's go to you then. Is that your game of the week? No, that I had my game of the week, remember? Oh, that's right. No, you did. Right, right. Yeah, he had the pinball, yeah. I should ask you, Wade, is Skyrim your game of the week? <laughs> uh, it is not. Interesting. So I'm going to guess it's Space Chem. Was I close? <laughs> no. Well, maybe. It's, it's indie-ish. Well, it's... <laughs> Uh, all right, hit us. What do you have for game of the week, Wade Richard? Uh, I, it's 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 a game that I have mixed feelings about, but in, in the end, I like it. Uh, it is uh, a game by uh, the creator of uh, uh, Super Meat Boy, and it's called The Binding of Isaac. Ah, I'm re- uh, by Behemoth. Yeah, I'm really curious about that. Um, it's got their totally got their like uh, distinct art style. Yeah, it does have their art style, which I, I guess you could describe as aggressively juvenile. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, uh, uh, middle school bodily function humor all, all up in that. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's not really a draw for me. Uh, what is a draw for me is that in, in, a, in a way it's like a, it's like a roguelike. It's, it's very much what it most reminds me of is, uh, Spelunky. And I don't know if either of you have put much time into Spelunky. Uh, I know but, I know it, but I haven't really played it much. So. Uh, Spelunky got its teeth into me pretty good. And so when I heard the comparisons between Isaac and Spelunky, and yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm basically waiting for Spelunky to come out in XBLA so I can give, uh, who's, who is it, Derek, you more money. <laughs> but, uh, That's good. 
So, so the Binding of Isaac, uh, I guess, if, if for those who aren't familiar, it's it's uh, it's a top-down uh, game. It's kind of it's a little bit like a twin-stick shooter. So you're you're moving around, you're firing in four directions. Uh, but the uh, the dungeons that you're going through are randomly generated, uh, and, and so uh, the 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 map and actually the HUD are both listed straight from the first Legend of Zelda game. Uh, uh. <laughs> it totally lifted from Legend of Zelda One. Uh, nice. So you've got your your rectangular rooms and uh, laid out in, in a map. And there's a boss room on every level. And there's a on most levels there's a there's a shop room on every level. There's an item room in every little level. And, and so where it gets interesting is that uh, you know to open the shop you need a key, and to open some chests you need a key. And then there's always a hidden room on the level. So. Uh, you have to make decisions about, okay, do I use my key to open up this treasure chest, or have I found the shop on this level yet, or the or, or the item room? Do I need to save my keys? Do I need to save my bombs? So there's a little bit of uh, resource management to it. Mm-hmm. Um, as you go through the dungeon, there's... Uh, these secondary items, you're, you're, you have your main shooting power, which is the, the tears of this naked little boy, uh, <laughs> or girl, well, depending yeah. on who you well, choose. Well, sure. Sure. Uh, fair enough. Uh, or, or, or differently bodily fluids if you upgrade it. Um, but then you find these secondary items, which have a, a variety of different effects. And, and so part of what I like is that there's there's tons and tons. There's, uh, I think I counted earlier. There's something like 130-something uh, of these uh, uh, secondary items. So the, uh, these are either upgrades or they're a, a secondary use item that's either a powerful attack um, or it's a um, uh, or it's like a teleportation kind of thing to get you out of the current room or if it's something that dispenses a resource like it dispenses some uh, some bombs or some some money or some life or some Justice. keys or whatever. Oh, sorry. I don't know that you can dispense justice. Can you dispense justice in this raid regard? Uh, well, some of the powers, hell yeah. <laughs> Danger. So wait, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm. Is everything you're saying real, or how much of what you have explained did you make up? Uh, uh, I'm not one for embellishing a whole lot. So, uh, uh, if anything, I'm, I'm one for more understating. So. Okay, uh, so here's my deal. I had heard of this game and just thought it was like some, like art arty kind of like take on the Old Testament or something. Why is it called Binding of Isaac? <sighs> oh, it's that a gets into the name, story. <laughs> There's a story and it's it, it references religion and a lot, and a lot of the the, um, the the art and the the things you find in the game kind of reference religion. Uh, I, I kind of approach it in the same way as when you see uh, Christianity referred to in a Japanese game. It, it's about as as much credence as you might you know. Like, how seriously do you take the Greek mythology that's mentioned in, in the God of War games? You know, it's it's just kind of thrown there for, for for window dressing. So, I mean, I think the story is something like your the main character is named Isaac, and uh, the mother watches too much Christian TV, goes crazy, wants to kill her kid, and he escapes to the basement, and hilarity ensues. Are you serious? Did you make that up just now? No. no. 
No, no, no. Uh, did, did I mention it was aggressively juvenile? <laughs> so you said this is Behemoth. Those are, are is that the Castle Crashers, dude? No, it's, it's uh, Ed McMillan, the, the Super Meat Boy, and uh, they oh, oh, a bunch I'm of sorry. little Flash games. Okay, I thought you said it was uh, Behemoth. Uh, I thought it was Behemoth for some reason. That was my bad. McMaster yeah, said it was Behemoth. McMaster. <laughs> How dare you? No, it's the, uh, this, this, the Meat Boy guy who apparently had a traumatic childhood or something. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, but so all in all, I like the game. It's hard to recommend because some people may be put off by the art. Uh, some people, judging from the forums, are running into a fair amount of bugs in the game. Ooh, I know uh, it. Ouch, ouch. And, and, I, I think that'll kill uh, like an, a roguelike for me. Like when I hear about that, that's like yeah. I have to do that thing where I suck the air between my teeth and like ooh, and make oh. a wincing kind of face. Yeah, I, 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 I've seen a couple, and uh, one of them was really frustrating because I got to like the, the very last boss, and then I couldn't hurt him at all. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I got to the second form of the last boss <laughs> and couldn't hurt it at all. Even worse. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, uh, a little bit of a caveat emptor there. Uh, now, has, I mean, the, has the developer been, like, supporting it? Is he, is he doing good with, like, patchwork? And, and Yeah, that, I mean, there have been several patches, and, and some people have complained that some problems have sat around through patches. But, I mean, there, it has been supported, though. I mean, it has been uh, – there have been some updated – to fix uh, uh, bugs and heck, uh, the, uh, even I've noticed some misspellings that were fixed. <laughs> uh, but and what platform is this on? Is this a PC game? PC, PC only. Is it on Steam? It is on Steam, and it's actually it's part of the current it's like five dollars uh, hum- right now. Yeah, the, well, it's it's actually it's always five dollars. It was oh. uh, released as five dollars, but if you get the current uh, indie bundle, the humble indie bundle. Mm-hmm. It's part of that. So if you pay more, it's the current ones like the Voxeltron bundle. So if you buy, pay more than the average, which was just over five bucks, then you get a couple extra stuff with it. If you want to go for the humble bundle thing. All right. Good to know. What are the other games in that bundle? Do you know offhand? Uh, it's something called Voxeltron, which is uh, it's actually a little beta shooter. Uh, I had fun with it for about 15 minutes. And then there's something else called Blocks That Matter, which is a platformer, but you you can either draw – I think you draw Tetris pieces on the screen to get past to, – to traverse the levels or something. It's I, I, haven't, I, I haven't played that yet. And then there's a few other games that were just added uh, – I think today even, uh, but they're like the, like smaller, uh, more prototype stuff. That's right. But your choice of the week is not Voxeltron, but your choice for game of the week, Binding of Isaac, right? Binding of Isaac. I've done probably uh, heck, probably forty hours into that, uh, replaying it because they they kind of get you to replay it because there's different endings. There's a little you know a little ending cinematic at the end, and uh, it's. Different. It gives a different little one. It's a little. It's just a little ten-second thing. But it's it's a uh, uh, it's a carrot on a stick. To get what determines finish. what different ending you get? Like when you're playing, what do you do to make different endings? Do you know? Uh, as f- I think it's just uh, the number of times you've finished the game. So the first time you get one <laughs> ending, the second time you get a different one, and it just kind of keeps on feeding them to you. That's really so sneaky. I- I, I, I almost like it that way, though, because it's not like they, they give you something that's that you're never going to get if you, you know, because you never play a certain way. Right, right. Uh, it does they're not going to make you do a pacifist run through the dungeon or something. Not that that's possible. It's completely impossible in this game. But 
you know, you like uh, indie games, right, Wade? Um, so yeah, uh, I play a fair number. Yeah, uh, that's where the interesting stuff happens, if uh, by and large. Um, this year, we—I'm an IGF judge and have been for quite some time. But this year, we had an entry uh, f- called the uh, the Pirate Cart. And if you go to Pirate Cart, with a, that's with a K. Dot com, you can download this like 300 games from like 100 developers or whatever that they <laughs> submitted this year. So it's free and it's, you know, that's fun for if you want to mess around with a ton of games, it won't really cost you anything. Because, yeah, this time of year, there's so few things to play. That's right. I'm so without <laughs> <if> it. <laughs> I really. I feel so bad though for people like that, McMaster. Like there's, uh, there's a. I got a uh, an email from Microsoft about something they're publishing called. Uh, I'm not even gonna remember the name. It's like Genesis Fusion or the Fusion Origins or I. It, it has the words like Origin and Fusion and maybe Genesis or Beginning or it's got words like that in it. And just to take a break from stuff I was having to play for work, I downloaded it and booted it up and discovered this really cool like little Space Diablo MMO kind of game on Xbox Live, uh, which really does some precious things. But I remember thinking, you know, why would they release something like that this time of year? Like this is this is such a like a this should be like a January game, you know, something that comes out yeah. in January because this thing would just get like swallowed, utterly swallowed at this point. Well, I think you know the big reason that the pirate cart comes up is because we are just about to begin judging uh, in the IGF right. games, right. and like you know that'll all take place in the winter. Or, I mean, you know, next year in the winter, and. Uh, so, right, yeah. and that that's definitely the politics of like getting those games out and getting people's hands on them. I understand that, but something like yeah. Microsoft releasing this little space oh, sh- combat game, you know, what are they thinking? Why are they throwing that to the wolves? Like, I feel bad for that haunted Hell's Reach thing, McMaster. Like, maybe I, I would I would be more tolerant of that, you know, in February. I don't know. You know, I have, like I feel bad for the um, guys that did Warn the North. Like, I haven't played it. Uh, yet, uh, I, I want to, because uh, isn't it the same people that did those, like, Baldur's Gate Xbox games and PS2 games or whatever? Uh, uh, Dark, Dark Alliance, yes. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, and I really like those games, and I, and I want to play it, but first of all, they have, like, the worst special edition I've ever seen. And second, uh, it's just, like, a really bad time to release something like that. Keep going, McMaster. I'm not trying to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, okay. So, uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, so have you seen the special edition? No. Uh, I've not seen the special edition of War in the North, a Lord it's, of the Rings game, right? Yes. It comes with a quiver. It comes with a quiver. That's awesome. Quiver. No, it's not. So you, you can pretend that you're Legolas. It's got like these crappy looking plastic fake arrows in it, but it's like $140. <laughs> Uh, McMaster, would you wear that around the house? I would. I mean, if they send me one. I'll even retract the crappy if they send me one. No, I won't, but it's... <laughs> uh, McMaster, I'm going to give you a quiz. You ready for this? Yes. We, you, me, and Wade, we're uh, we're part of the nine to uh, return the ring oh. to Mordor. Right. Which character am I? Which character is Wade? And which character are you? Oh, God. All right, so I'll be kind and say, yeah, wait, I will say 
are you more of a dwarf man? Because I could see you being uh, Gimli or whatever his name is. Uh-huh, Wade is Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm currently bearded, so I'll take it. Yeah, okay, okay. See, uh, Tom can't Tom can't have, like, a real rugged manly one. Let's see. How uh, dare you? <laughs> okay, you're going to make me a hobbit, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't going to be that cruel. Um, I'll... I'll I'll make you like a less, I guess. Yes, yeah. sweet, sweet. Because you know what, McMaster? The ladies dig Legolas. That's really true. All right, so what have you saved for yourself? What are you going to be in our party of nine taking the ring to Mordor? I'm going to be Boromir. <laughs> nice. I was going to give you that. Good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you've done well. You passed the test. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not quite as hateful as, uh, yeah. Well, no, I'm not the less hateful Faramir. I have to go. But you do get killed. I'm sorry to break it. Yeah, that. but I get. But you know, at least I have that moment of realization at the end, and I turn into like a tragic figure. That's true. And you know what? I'm sure that Sean Bean isn't hurting when it comes to the ladies either. So no, and he was in Silent Hill. Unfortunately, it kind of sucks. But he was there. So <laughs> it's another video game time. Uh, all right. So uh, that is our podcast this week. We have uh, Steam has been hacked. Zynga is Indian givers. Minecraft oh. is uh, doing very well. Uh, for posts of the week, congratulations to our winners, uh, the guys who are talking about Oblivion, and oh look, Jason McMaster's <laughs> post on uh, Bobo's Adventure or whatever that was. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, uh, you know what? Hmm? When the revolution comes, you will be fast against the wall, and I will have been in a Bobo's camp from the beginning. So you have that. So I don't know, McMaster, if you think that you are quoting Radiohead or if you're just using the idiom independently, but uh, well done. First. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, for our games of the week, we encourage you to try Pinball FX2 Paranormal. Is that still free, by the way? So that that was just free. I don't week. think so, uh, but it's totally worth it. I it's mean, you know what? You, you should pay it. anyway. Yeah, you should. even if you got it for free, you should buy it. Uh, it's that it's, good. Uh, yeah, it's like along the lines of, for quality, that four-pack of Marvel, you know, and uh, Paranormal is just a great table. I mean, it just really is. Uh, we also recommend Binding of Isaac, which is not about the Binding of Isaac as you may know it. Uh, and then the big sellout this week, Mr. Oh, I love AAA games, uh, I recommend Modern Warfare 3. Oh, yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Master, what are we going to bring folks next week? And do you know offhand who is going to join us to do it? Uh, next week, my dear fellow, we will be uh, bringing you games of the week, news of the week, and host of the week. And we have scheduled Drastic. Ah, I like that guy. Drastic. Well, we have to find out what the deal is with his name, too. So well, it's Drastic. Uh, Wade, thank you for hanging out with us today. Uh I I am glad that we have someone showing up to talk about indie games because me sitting here talking about Activision's AAA titles, <laughs> I'm glad you were able to balance that. So, <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I have been Tom Chick. We also had uh, Mr. McMaster and Wade Richard. Uh, and the Quarter to Three podcast will be back with Drastic next week. Thanks for coming by, everyone.